Yeah. Oh, there we go. We're recording. All right. Uh, this is episode 24, I believe. Yes. Okay. So um, here is Tiffany. She is back again. If y'all didn't notice that the audio was cut out, but uh, it's nice to have her on again. So I guess we'll start with, well, I'm actually, I'm actually, you know, she wants to start a podcast, which I think is great. I think, you know, more people should do it. Um, so why, what, what makes you want to do a podcast? Like, I'm interested. Well, well, right now, um, podcast is something that, um, is easy, obviously for people to listen to when they're jogging, when they're driving around with their kids in their car. Um, it's a, a lot of people are audio processors mm-hmm. instead of visual processors. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people do not like to read. So even though we have thousands of blogs on our website, we want to give them, you know, audio content so that they can listen to us on their travels. And for some people that works better. They, they, uh, collect information better through podcasting. So, um, and I think that I know a lot of very interesting people now that I did not know before that I can get to be on it. And, um, who doesn't have a funny, strange, sad, happy divorce story or post-divorce story? I think everyone does. So okay. it's a good way to get those out there and give people hope. So what, what, is, what, what do you have like a name for it? What, or do you have ideas already or no? Yeah, no, the podcast will be called Dreams Recycled because it's under the brand of my website. And um, we'll focus on talking about how to recycle your life after adversity, specifically divorce. And, you know, there's no right or wrong way and no one specific way. We advocate um, positive daily action, positivity, uh, choosing happy, self-love, loads of things that we advocate. But, you know, there are other people who have done it different ways and there's nothing wrong with that. And I like to hear other people's stories and talk to them and ask them how bad their dates are in the divorce world. And it's fun and funny and upbeat and positive like I am and like our company is in general. So. Oh, so, so you're thinking about having guests or are you going to have like a co-host or how is this going to work? Yeah. No, I'm going to have guests. I'm going to have guests, all different people from all walks of life, men, women, who have recycled their lives after divorce in uni- unique, interesting, funny ways. Yeah, I think that would be that would be great. I think that would be. I, I would listen because it's 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 interesting what you have to say, and then listening to other people is always uh, kind of great to get someone else's perspective. Yeah, because people people are very very clever. Like, obviously, I like my idea and what I did after my divorce, but there are a lot of clever people out in the world who really do do and have done some amazing things since their divorces. You know, I was talking to a lady the other day who um, used to be overweight during her marriage, and, mm-hmm. and after her marriage, she decided what would be the craziest thing I could possibly do that would be opposite to being married in my life, and she became, you know, one of those Miss Universe pageant contestants and she's wow. like zero percent body fat and she's like it's something that I would never ever ever have done in a million years but I picked it because it was something I would never ever have ever done in a million years and I think that um when you recycle your life you know just proving to yourself that you can do x y or z like I proved to myself that I could start a company and be a CEO and run my company you know I never thought I would do that if somebody had asked me four years ago would you ever have a tech company? You'd be like, no, clearly not. I barely know what that black box sitting over there does that <laughs> that connects things to my computer, the Wi-Fi. 
But um, but we really live in an age where we can do anything. We have access to so much opportunity and possibility that we need to take advantage of it. Yeah, that I think that's great because you know, recycling marriages and everything. It's it's interesting. I think that's a good topic, especially. It's not talked about. I haven't seen a podcast like that, so I think... No, because people focus on the misery. They focus on the despair and the sorrow, and, and not that all that isn't there. But when you focus on negative things, you, you live a negative life. When you focus on positive things, you focus, you know, you live a positive life. And, and that's what we're all about. We don't say, we don't advocate divorce. We don't want anyone to get divorced. But if you're going to get divorced, you may as well do it in the most positive way you can. Oh, okay. So... I guess, like you know, you were talk last time we were talking about divorce, and I was I was wondering, like you know, like what why why do situations get so bad? And I just like I it does I can't wrap my head around it, like uh, you know, you know, d- people get divorced for some of the strangest things I've ever heard of. You know, he it's not always yeah. he cheated on me. It's like he did this, and you know, he has this weird thing he does. I don't know he. He likes toys. He or... the dishwasher incorrectly and yes, I just yes, take it you know. Or like yeah. he likes children's games. I don't know. He plays video games all day or something, you know. And, yeah. You know, he... But that's basically, I mean, it's interesting because I spoke to over 6,000 divorcees and obviously they everybody tells me their divorce story. People mm-hmm. love to share them, which is great for me because I have a ton of research, a ton of data and a ton of um, stories from people. But... Um, I think that even though people will tell you it's because somebody cheated because they played video games too long, because I didn't like their family, because they didn't unload the dishwasher correctly, because I like sports and they like knitting or whatever, they come up with this kind of pinpoint answer. But the fact is that really that's not why they get divorced. That focus and the thing they tell me Um, is just a symptom of the disease of divorce which is lack of communication lack of respect lack of love Mm -hmm. and people not knowing how to handle it or fix it or make it better or the fact that i think you and i talked about this before i mean we just make horrible choices for the people that we marry in the first place we quite often marry people we're not in love with we marry people who we know are not right for us we marry people who we know have xyz issues and we all stupidly kind of go through life and think that we can change them we can fix that that's okay because when we're married it'll be different well no of course it isn't different it's exactly the same only worse (laughs) so so this is why people get divorced because there's just a basic incompatibility people bring issues into the marriage that aren't resolved and they haven't worked on we think we can change people who we cannot change. The only po- people who can ever change anyone is yourself, right? Change comes from within. It's never an external force. And, um, and we really just need to educate our children. And I'm um, starting to give speeches in colleges about this. Educate our children and our young people about making better choices on who they marry because otherwise they will end up on dreamsrecycle.com, which is <laughs> my divorce website, which is really not what we actually want. You know, I thought about this, you know, that, you know, you're helping people that have been divorced, but you're also fighting your own business by helping people who are married. So I thought it was like, oh, okay, so she's helping. Well, if everyone doesn't get divorced, then she's going to be out of business. And then I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense. But then I was like, okay, 
everyone's, you know, you can't really get rid of divorce because people are going to always want to either move on or uh, find someone else or whatever they may do. Well, and, and also, you know, I am a strong believer on a lot of people you can help and some people you just can't help because mm. people don't want help. So I would love divorce rates to go down. That would be great, even though it would not be good for my business on a you know personal level. I would love that, but um, I feel that probably they may go down a little bit, but they're never going to go completely down because, like I said, unless we you know start implementing a relationship um, course in every high school in America, like. You can't graduate high school unless you have X, Y, and Z credits, and one of those credits has to be relationships. Then you're not going to be able to reach everyone in a way that you can educate them on how to make better choices on who they marry. And then still, even if you educate them, there'll probably be a good percentage of people who won't listen. Oh my gosh. I've never <laughs> so. thought of a relationships course because, wow, that, that, I, that would actually be great because I think almost everyone in high school just doesn't understand you know what what is a relationship because you can have relationships you can have you know friends those are also relationships and you can have you know family relationships and then you have you know boyfriend girlfriend and boyfriend boyfriend or girlfriend girlfriend and those really get you know and and you just don't get anything taught you just learn as you go you know i don't think anyone has ever learnt learnt well, well no, and how ridiculous are we? Mm -hmm. So I grew up in an era, you know, it was just kind of a relationship was just you got married. You found somebody to marry and you married them. There was no discussion of what's a healthy marriage, what's a red flag, what narcissism is, what abuse is, what emotional abuse is, what not to part up with. That, you know, nobody ever said to me what was acceptable, what wasn't acceptable. And and I think your generation and my children's generations are slightly better at this. Um, you have a lot more information available to mm -hmm. you through uh, social media. You but know, I still don't think you're being educated correctly to, you know, to be like, okay, this is not normal. This is not right. This is not X, Y, and Z. And your generation and my kids' generations, they... Um, you know, the the relationship that plays the biggest part in the kind of relationship that they're going to get into is the relationship they see their parents modeling. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a child born into a dysfunctional relationship and pattern, the chance of you then marrying somebody with the same pattern and dysfunction are very, very, very high. And I don't think people put enough emphasis on that and explain this to people very well. Hey, that, that, that is perfectly well said, I think. It's, but I feel like with us, like me personally, the first, the way I learned was through the internet. So it was like, go to Google, say, uh, how do, where to take a date or like how to date someone. And you know, this Wikipedia comes up, it has steps. So <laughs> yes, yes. It's very sad. Yeah. I just couldn't, I couldn't, you know, I, I, I was embarrassed to ask my father or anyone that I knew or you know, friends, you know, they'll make fun of you. Ha <laughs> you never been on a date. And it was, it was probably like sixth or seventh grade. And I couldn't, I was just like, okay, I'm going to Google this, figure this out. You know, it said movies, <laughs> it said oh. dinner. And then, you know, it just gives you a list of things. And he says, pick any of these. And it just goes through the steps of oh. what to do and what so not to did do. You take her. I need to know. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. And it, I, I think it went, it went great from what I remember, but I just remember that's how I learned that yeah. without any having to ask anyone for it.
and then now you have Tinder and all these um, mm. Match.com and all this stuff that where you can communicate with people from other states, from other places, and I think mm. that's that's interesting because marriages are more. I think I think they're moving more online now. Like uh, yes, a lot of people. I think it's five out of every ten marriages start online. Yes, because that's, that's a high that's a high number. Because I think it's because you know you can find people with the same interest or like kind of like what you're looking for, you know. Yeah. I want them to be tall. I don't want them to be shorter than me. I want this. I want that. You know, you're just yeah. kind of picking from this larger pool of men and women. And well, that's true, and it has a lot of positives. I must say. I mean, when you online date, if you if you didn't online date and you had to kind of rely on people within lived within five miles of your house. That doesn't necessarily mean that that is the best person for you or the best people for you. So in some ways, it's very good. We have, op- you know, a lot more opportunities and possibilities to find somebody who, like you said, has the same interests, who who um, relates to you however you want them to. So it's a good thing. The downside of online dating mm-hmm. is um, the number of people on online dating is infinity. So you never run out. So I think there is a percentage of the population, especially after divorce, and maybe in your age, I'm not sure, that um, they use it almost as an addiction that, you know, if somebody does anything wrong, they don't want to work at anything, they get rid of them. You know, they get bored, they go back on there to see who else there is. There's a lot of women and a lot of men who are constantly on them because they need the attention all the time. And then, uh, and then, unfortunately, if you go on there with good intentions and you happen to get in a relationship with one of these people, how do you know? Well, there are some little red flags you can look at to know, but, but, um, but it's a, you know, it's an unfortunate thing that it's just there are a lot of people that have been programmed to kind of always look out for the bigger, better thing. Is there somebody richer, handsomer, you know, prettier, like you said, taller, shorter, whatever? And and I think that breeds for a lot of um, that whole mindset that the grass is always greener. And mm-hmm. as I tell people who may come to us before they get divorced, the grass is often not greener. Uh, the grass is greenest where you water it yourself. So, you know, there isn't anyone better, technically. There might be somebody better for you at that time of life, but we all make choices based on the, the, the kind of position we're in at the time anyway. So... So I hate to tell people, you know, don't worry, there's four billion better people because uh-huh. I don't think better is the correct word, right? Yeah, that's, that's I don't know, it's getting so strange because, you know, you're swiping left or swiping right and just picking people based on looks and I'm like, you know For that sure. person could be just crazy and you don't know who they are, you don't know, you don't know anything about them other than what they told you or what they said. So yeah. you're going to go to this place and you're just going to meet up and, you know, that's how, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer and all these other scary yeah. killers, you know, if they had Tinder back then, they would have oh, yeah. definitely been much more scarier than what we remember because he just picked up people at bars. But yeah, if you can, if you can just swipe right and he'll just swipe right. All right. This week I'm going to, oh, I don't like him. Okay. I'll and then you know well it is very like i said i mean it's a very shallow especially the Mm. ones like tinder that have no information i mean you're really just picking people based on their external looks and i tell people after divorce you have to remember nothing is forever looks health money 
um, it doesn't matter what it is, status, power, you should really be looking for people who you connect with on an internal level. Pe look for people who are beautiful on the inside, right? Because that lasts forever. Look, look for people who treat you well on a daily basis. If you're a girl, if they open the door in the car door and they tell you every day you're beautiful, that lasts a lot longer than somebody having like this crazy hot body at 30 because I guarantee at 50 they won't, right? And the same for women, you know, the, the men out there who would just want girls because they look a certain way. This isn't love. That's not, that's not even close to being love. And, um, you know, and if I had my way and could have my relationship course for everyone, we've talked a lot about that, is looking for, you know, things that last, like character, kindness, you know, a good heart, intelligence, things that, you know, we can all have and work mm -hmm. on. Because genetics is, uh, <laughs> is potluck, right? So yeah. we have to have some kind of att attraction to people, but really that doesn't last. So, so what do you think about, like, like you know some marriages end early some marriages last forever or some of them you know last really long times but then they get divorced yeah. in like their 70s or 80s i'm like okay that doesn't make sense to me because it yeah. just boggles my mind you've been together 40 years I, I read a story of someone getting divorced at 80 and they've been together 40 oh, years and i was like why this doesn't make any sense why would you do that you know yeah. you're on your I last mean, I leg I can't, I can't imagine why, you know, these, why people get divorced much later. I understand early, you know, just because, you know, it's crazy, the cycle and whatever, mm -hmm. but you know, those marriages that last 20, even 30, 30, 40 years. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I talk to a lot of people who, you know, divorced at five years or mm -hmm. 15 years or 20 years. I just read the other day, the average length of a marriage in the United States for 2016 was uh, 8.9 years. So the average people in America stay, manage to stay married for 8.9 years before they get divorced. Now, um, you know, whether that's like you said, to do with the fact that they get into a marriage, they have a couple children, and then the children add more stresses than all the things that you're already wrong with. Your relationship seem a lot more when you throw children into that mix. And um, so maybe that's kind of why when people start to get divorced then. But then I feel like a lot of the people I get uh, talked to divorce at like 20 years or 25 years. And, and you, like you said, that's a long time. But if you look at the, the historic kind of... Um, status of many people they get married five years later they have their children ten years later now they have two or three children well the 25 year mark puts them at the oh. stage where they're empty nesters that all the children are moving out of the house because a lot of people go through you know severe empty nest syndrome that they've been this mom this dad this breadwinner everyone is someone's dad and someone's mom and someone's son-in-law brother-in-law whatever and you've given all this attention to your children and raising your children, but in the process, you've lost that relationship with your spouse. And so you've kind of, for the last few years that they were in high school, been basically just sitting and waiting for them to leave so you can get divorced. Because you don't have that kind of relationship or commonality and you really feel like you would be better with somebody else and you feel like you've done your part as a good parent staying together for your children for X amount of time and now it's time for you to have a life so that's interesting I've, I've never thought about it like that but it makes sense yeah. okay 
So, you know, there's so many, you know, not so many of these, but these are like few in between where you have a large, large age gap. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like 60 or, you know, yes. and like a 20 year old. And it just, it, like when I see them together, I'm like, oh, this is your a ch child. And I can't, and then they say, no, this is my girlfriend or my wife. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it just doesn't register in my brain. So it, every time I see that, it just, it blows me away. I don't know. You know, I've seen, you know, I don't know. I have like a 15 year rule because I can just, you know, okay, that seems normal. But when it's like 30 or 40 years, I just, I don't, I don't understand. Or, or I start saying, oh, that's the daughter or that's the sister or something. Mm -hmm. So why do, do people do that? Yeah. Why do you think? Uh, well, I'll tell you first off, statistically, if you marry somebody more than 20 years younger or older than you, you have a 95% higher chance of divorce. What? Why but is that? 95% higher chance of divorce with a 20 year gap between you. A 20, okay. Yeah, a 10, a 10 year gap between you, you have a 75% higher chance of divorce. So, so the best, statistically, the best age range is to marry somebody between two to five years older or younger than you. This is your highest statistic of staying married for a lifetime and never getting divorced. Wow. I, what? Are you surprised? Yes, no. I'm very surprised. I didn't know that. Yeah. But it makes sense because the same thing. You have to remember that if a 22-year-old marries a 44-year-old, mm -hmm. let's say, and the girl is 22 because just statistically it's more likely for the girl to be that much younger. But a 22-year-old marries a 44-year-old. Well, at that, those ages, that's probably very attractive. So the girl is beautiful. She's young. She's youthful. Um, it boosts his ego to be able to get this beautiful girl. For her, it's like, well, he already has a house. He already has a career. He already has this. Well... A 22-year-old, your option is you're dating another 22-year-old who probably can buy you a taco and a Corona, right? Or you date a 44-year-old who can take you on a cruise and to Morton's. And so it's very easy to see how this dynamic starts. Well, the problem with that dynamic is it may start like that, but then let's revisit that same couple, and now the woman is 44, and now the man is 66, so now the woman at 44, she's still young and beautiful and um, sexually active and she wants everything. But now the man at 66 is maybe becoming more sedentary, maybe not as exciting, maybe whatever. And, and very, very often at that point, then the women will file from divorce from the man because now it's like they seem like their age gap is um, detrimental to the union as opposed to, you know, positive for the union and so you see a lot of that in the divorce because the women just kind of outgrow and no longer want to be with somebody so much older than them oh okay so does that happen like the other way around as well or is that different you know the uh, i don't think there's hardly any statistics um hardly any statistics on a woman being that much older than a man because I think it's a much rarer thing. So I don't know if there's any stats on that. I've never seen any. Somebody should work on that. <laughs> Maybe I will. But, um, but I think it's just generational. You know, I've dated people 20 years older than me. I've dated people the same age as me. <laughs> I've dated all over the place. 
and it, and it is it's just definitely difficult difficult because also you're not the same generation your mm-hmm. points of That's... reference are different you know if i was dating somebody who was 20 years older than me they might be talking about I don't know, Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire, right? Oh, no. I don't know, maybe they don't have to be that much older, but an example. And, you know, and I'm talking about George Clooney and Jennifer Anderson or whatever, uh-huh. or I'm talking about going to school with Kachikugu. And they're like, what? <laughs> Who's Kachikugu? <laughs> right? So, so just, it's a different, um, different generation, kind of slightly different dynamic, lots of different points of references. And, um, and it's, it's, I mean, I think everybody, when you're in a relationship, you want simple, you want easy, right? You want to be with somebody who just, you don't have to explain everything to. I, as a Brit, already have enough trouble explaining things to people living in America. (laughs) I don't need to add kind of the generational differences also. So I think we kind of flock to, uh, you know, the saying birds of a feather flock together. I think even though we might be attracted to people much older than us for X, Y, and Z reasons, and sometimes we just have connections with people older than us because our personalities, right? Mm -hmm. It's just we get along. But I think long-term, I think those statistics hold true that you are much better um, marrying somebody closer to your own age if if you want your marriage to last forever. Yeah, I feel like that generation thing is a huge deal, especially even with friends. If you have a friend that's 10 years, that's where it gets weird because they, they've lived. It's like it's like there's a, that kind of s- deviation number where you're like, yeah. oh, they were listening to this type of music. Oh, I've never heard that type of music, especially music. With me, it's all yeah. about music because, you know, they can't name current artists or they can name some or that they just... Yeah. That would be embarrassing. Yeah. My kids are like, oh, you're a dinosaur. You're like, oh, that's just, like, <laughs> I remember I had a friend about 15 or about 10 years older than me, and I had to explain who Justin Bieber was to him. I'm like, how do you not know who Justin Bieber is? Like, you've never Even heard I of him? I know who Justin Bieber is. Yeah, see, that's... that. See, that, I'm, I'm apparently cool now, though. Yeah, well, yes, because, <laughs> well, he's one of the biggest ones, so I, I thought he would know him. I mean, like... He has the most followers out of anyone I've ever heard of. I mean, there's other people out there, but he's, you know, one of the top people. So I I said Justin Bieber, and he said, who's that? I don't know who that is. And he's been (laughs) doing music for like, like Justin Bieber's been doing music for a good five, six years now. So I was just like very curious. I'm like, okay, so what do you listen to? He was saying like Kiss, uh, you know, like other rock bands from back in the 80s (laughs) or 70s or 90s. And, um. And then I was like, okay, can you name like a current rock band that still plays that, that is making Led music? Zeppelin. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah, yeah, Led Zeppelin. He was saying all of these <laughs> bands that I could, I was like, Poison, Pink Floyd. Um, and then I was like, okay, no, have you listened? There's not a thing wrong with any of those bands. I will tell you, some of them are pretty good. Uh-huh. But it's just, it's just very hard yeah. for me to communicate music with someone who's never yeah. heard current music. And then I'm like, all right, we got to meet in between. Do you know, yeah. like, I try to go into rap and I say, oh, do you know who Eminem is? And he's like, I know who Eminem is. And, then, you know, that's 2000s and he's been around for a long time. So yeah. he knows who he is. But we have, like, this gap from, like, 2000 or, like, not, like I know stuff from back then, but I don't know anything back from the 80s. Anything 80s and lower, I just can't listen to it or I've, I've heard it, but I don't try to remember the names or the people so you don't like madonna oh i like madonna and stuff but she's active right 
I love I like the people who are active that I know who is active you know Madonna still does shows uh my brother's a huge fan he went to one of the Madonna concerts I think he said he could almost touch her or something and and she's fabulous yeah yeah and he's been listening to Madonna since he was ooh like back when he was like 15 16 and you know he, he but she's been active all the time that's what I'm saying like that's the difference yeah, no in music. I understand. No, no, I think you're right. If you don't have a basic commonality, um, in like, so you have to have many things that come together. So you have to have personality types that click. Mm-hmm. If you're the same generation and you have the same co- commonality, that clicks. If you're the same culture, you know, the fact that we're all kind of a little bit mixed up. But if you connect with somebody else who I'm part Italian, well, when I, you know, hang out with other people who are part Italian, you have that commonality, right? So anything that you have in common, I think, bonds you closer together easier. Not that that, you know, you have to have exactly the same everything. But it seems to be one extreme or the other. Either opposites attract mm-hmm. or very similar attracts. Yeah, I've never... Yeah, that's that's interesting that you say that because, you know, I try to look for similarities with people. Like, you know, okay, why are they together? Because he talks about this stuff and she likes us talking about that. Or like yeah. they like watching the same movies, they like watching movies or something. Then I'll, I'll go with that. But then you have people that are like totally opposite. You don't know why they're together. They don't. They don't really do anything that you know. They both like. I, one likes hiking. One likes playing video games. One likes uh-huh. doing this. They're totally opposite. They never you know have like uh, activities or something that they do together. Yeah. So I find that very well, interesting. Well, I will say this as a divorce expert. Of the 6,000 people I've spoke to, more people who I talk to get divorced from people who are not similar to them. Uh So even though I think opposites attract because it's different and it's fun, you know, maybe somebody's more sedentary, somebody's really active and it seems more exciting at the beginning, I think over time, I think it makes you gravitate more or feel more unfulfilled in certain areas because almost like you're always compromising you know if you love sushi and you only eat steak or whatever you know there's always one person compromising and you do that for one year three years five years ten years you feel like neither of you are actually getting kind of anything you want out of the relationship anymore and i mean that's a simple silly point but you know you add that to everything like if if uh my boyfriend loves car shows and I will not ever go to a car show, then over time that becomes annoying, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, mo- more than less people, the majority of I- people I speak to who are getting divorced or divorced, they definitely seem to be with people who do not share the same interests or have some major difference in their life, whether it's religion, political um, lifestyle, whatever it is, there seems to be some kind of disconnect. I think the, especially the, what you just said there was the political and the religion. It, that's really where I think all the anger comes from, because you know, <laughs> all the anger. <laughs> so you have someone who's, you know, uh, a Republican and a Democrat, and they get married. It's not. It's not going to be, you know, the the topic of politics is either going to be taboo or they're going to argue all the time. And then you have religion. If someone's a different religion, they're gonna, they're gonna try to suggest, you know, come, come to, you know, yeah. become a Mormon or become a Scientologist or become a Christian or, 
or whatever religion that it may be. So they try to shift them towards it. So I think those can be very dangerous to a relationship, especially when you consider how how often you don't really ask about those things. And well, they always say that, right? Yes. You should never discuss religion or politics on a first date. But as you just said, it's such a big. They're just such big hot topics. Maybe you should discuss mm-hmm. them on a first date. And because if you're not compatible in those areas, you maybe don't need to be together. Because what if you're like like I always imagine this situation in my head. Say I get married or something, and uh, you know, say she's democratic, very you know all this, all this, and then I'm Republican. Just for example. And she and I'm like, I never asked her what her politic views were. And then all of a sudden she just like drops all this knowledge on me. And I just, you know, I feel attacked. So now the relationship's <laughs> going to be very, uh, aggra- very arguable. Yeah. And I, I think that's what happens a lot. Yeah. Well, just even just lifestyle differences. I mm-hmm. went on this very bizarre date and I, I don't judge people for whatever they're into. It's up to them. But I mean, I went on this one date and I was annoyed after the date because when I got there, he then after, we, it was online, I'd met him, and, um, and after I got there and we were already having dinner, he was like, by the way, I'm a polygamist. And I was like, hang on a minute, shouldn't that be a disclaimer on your profile? Like, that's, a, that's a, like a big thing. That's mm-hmm. not like, you know, I only eat cheddar cheese thing. <laughs> this is like a really big thing. And I was annoyed and I said to him, you know, it's really not fair or appropriate because you didn't, you didn't kind of disclose that. Uh-huh. That's not... And that definitely is not something I would be into. <laughs> so... <laughs> Okay. There's this. I saw this reality show one time, and I was so confused. And I don't know why I watched it, but it just got me hooked for like two episodes. And uh, it was this. I think he was Mormon, and he had three three wives. Three wives, I believe. Yeah, and I know which show you're talking about. I, yeah. And, and he spends like like I spent three hours with you. I spent three hours with you. <laughs> they all live in the same area, and I'm just like, dang, he has to run over there, run over here, and they they but always I, are. I know my personality type is i need one whole person not i don't want to share anyone with four other wives that's so not anything i would be into but then i'm like this is you know i can't believe he kept these marriages intact because you know the communication level you have to have say this one doesn't like what this one did and now you have to communicate and come up with a decision of like what's going to happen or like Mm -hmm. what you know he's going to keep me on monday we're going to hang out on monday or we're going to dinner this day imagine trying yeah. to set up four dinners with four different people and you know they're both all your wives but you got to go with them separately or like trying to bring them together and i i just i just blew my mind I, well i have to say hats off to them though uh-huh. because they do i have i know who they are i mean hats off to them that they seem to somehow figure it all out and as I talk to divorcees all day, I can tell you just between two people, marriage is a ridiculous amount of work to keep mm-hmm. that happy and going. So how they do it with four wives and one husband, I don't even know, but they must know something we don't know is all I can think. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know. It's, it's so confusing. It's, it mind-boggled me because I'm, you know, it's on TV. It's, you know, yeah. it, I was, it was like, okay, well, what's going on here? So is this his wife or is that his wife? And then you're like, oh, he has, oh. He has a third one, and, you know, it just pops out of nowhere, and you're like, okay. And I don't know why, but... What kind of man would 
would want to take that on, right? Yeah, that men, sounds like too much responsibility. It's stressful being a husband uh-huh. to one woman and dealing with one woman. Can you imagine dealing with four? No, that sounds like... I, I can't... No, I don't know. But I've also heard, like, that's what, like, uh, a rock band is or, like, you know, those people that, like, uh, you know, musicians... That's a big thing to have because they're basically married to each other as long as they're a band. And yeah. they, they have to communicate and everything like that. So, yeah. you know, it's very hard. And then one person leaves and then someone they have to get someone else to yeah. fill their space. So I feel like that's also kind of like a type of marriage they have. But... Well, it's funny. it's funny you say that because my dad actually um, was in a band in England for 27 years. And we were discussing that this morning. That is like a relationship that's very, very unusual and a very difficult dynamic to have a band of you know, especially all men, I think, or mm. even all women, I guess, um, you know, they tour together, they all sleep together, they eat together, they deal with each other constantly, money has to go between all of them, so I think you're right, that is a definite kind of marriage, and you have to figure out how to get along with each other in that situation, too. And then when you you have to kick someone off, I, I had a friend who had, like, a, a band, and they had to kick someone off, and I was like, you know, I was in the negotiations, you know? Oh. And I was like, okay, we can't kick Charlie out. He's such a good guy. You know, give him another chance. And, you know, uh, sorry, Charlie, if you heard this, but I, 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 I can't believe that, you know, they wanted to do that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is exactly like a marriage. You know, you're deciding that you either kick someone out or they get, you know, give them a suggestion of, like, you better, you know, get your stuff together. Because he, I think he said he wasn't showing up for practice or something and, that was the big oh, issue yeah. and he missed like four or five of them and they had like a show or something yeah and they but that's same right isn't that that is actually very similar to a marriage like in a marriage a lot of times what drags people apart is not doing what you say you're going to do right it's a massive hot topic for anyone in a relationship or marriage if you say you're going to do something you need to do it and if your commitment to that band or to the marriage is supposed to be x y or z and you drop the ball in any of those areas, then obviously, uh, you know, whether it's banned or marriage, everyone's going to be upset anyway. Yes, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I, st- I think I stayed out of it or whoever. I, can't, I don't remember if it was Charlie. I can't remember, but it was someone, <laughs> and I just couldn't, I, like, I was like, oh, I'm going to be quiet. And I was quiet most of the time, uh, just, like, listening, like, them argue, like, you know, who's who and, you know yeah. that stuff so it, it really it really like oh this is a type of like you know marriage and well, well i have to wonder i mean i think a good interesting topic here to discuss is moving forward mm-hmm. what is marriage going to look like for your generation for my children's generation i mean you're also socially aware and socially connected yeah i think a lot of times in real life um interpersonal skills that generation is very much lacking in interpersonal skills and like you said how to deal with relationships how to into how to communicate with other people because if it's not via text which marriage is not via text it's real life in your kitchen in your bedroom in your you know world how are you going to cope that's that is true but i feel like you know my generation has this kind of thing where we you know it's through text it's through technology and now you know we don't really i mean 
I don't think this we've lost the conversation piece. You know, we never talk to each other, like actually spend like an hour talking to each other about things or discussing mm-hmm. things. We always like, oh, got to go, got to move on, got to go, got to go. And I feel like we're more disconnected in that way and we don't have conversation. Right, so, so are you going to make, so my question for that is, do you think your generation are going to make better marriage choices or worse marriage choices? Ah, that's interesting because... With this technology, I think you can make it or make some type of algorithm or something where you could. <laughs> Actually, that's very funny you say that because that's um, the relationship course that I want to do in the speeches I'm doing at colleges. Um, there's not a patented algorithm, but I do actually think that. I think if we collected all the data from all the divorces, divorces and all mm-hmm. the data I have and all the information, I mean, I think you could come up with some kind of formula to at least you know, try and bulletproof your marriage or a formula that kind of said, okay, if you marry somebody, you know, two to five years age gap, you marry somebody with X, Y, and Z, I think you could statistically improve divorce rates. But whether people would be willing to do that or not, because love is a, you know, love is a chemical reaction. As soon as you start falling in love with somebody, all reasoning goes out the window and you just want to be with them, even though you might know that there are, you know, things wrong with them or things over time that aren't going to work out you don't care because you're having a chemical love reaction that just makes you want to be with them 24 7 i think i think love has shifted though you know with the technology i feel like you know we're so in love with our phones and our iphones and our uh, androids and you're so you if you lose that if you any any girl in high school if they lose their phone they freak out freak out out they're like where is my phone i can't find my phone because it's a part of them now so that 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 kind of thing is like they love their phone so much and they're so addicted and so entrenched in it because it has so much usage and different types of way you can use it you can use it to call someone you can use it to text someone you can use it to video chat with someone you can use it to you know look up data uh look up uh, questions ask questions you can do so much with it so they're so attached to it and i I think this is almost everyone in my generation you can play music as well you can play this you can share you can it's all that connection that that, that, but i do think our marriages are going to be better because we naturally are coming up with ways to uh we recognize now that marriages you know we're like oh that's bad that's not a good thing once you recognize the problem i think yeah, you can uh, have time to fix it. It might necessarily happen right away, but I think over over a few, maybe a decade or so, you'll see the, the, the divorce rate go down, especially with young people. Well, I hope you are correct, because mm-hmm. that would be nice. If you if you guys can't learn from our many mistakes, then, <laughs> then it would be sad. I also think there will be less marriages as well. Well, that, I agree with you. I think people understand more and more that marriage, you know, having a piece of paper is mm. not really actually what marriage is about. The paper really is very little. The love and the connection and the commitment and the way you treat each other really outweighs anything that you can write down or file with the county court system. Mm-hmm. And I think I think people realize that because of so many famous people getting divorced and mm-hmm. they're like, wow, you know, uh, a lot of cases from Arnold to... Uh, you know, every every famous person, a lot of famous people in Hollywood get divorced for various reasons, and you're like, why did they get divorced? You know, they 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 are both very uh, you know uh, 
amazing people there you know you, you've seen them you know that they're all these people that you idolize so once you see someone you idolize fall and then they get their money taken away and or like a large majority or they have to pay like millions hundreds of millions of dollars in child support and this and that and you know he can't see his kids anymore and stuff like that you start freaking out and be like i don't think i want to get married and you're like i'm gonna get a prenup and then this and that and you just try to find a situation i think that's why younger people don't want to get married as quickly as you know the other generations yeah no and i think i think you know hopefully you're all being educated more you know educated as far as college educated as far as whatever life skills you have and like i said you definitely have a lot more access to a lot more information than we have and you should all be using it Mm -hmm. you know if you don't understand something about relationship as you said you should be looking it up there's no excuse i mean for me we had Psychopedia Britannicus, you couldn't really look up, like, uh-huh. what does it mean if a boy does this? There was none of that. Oh, like, you you guys don't have an excuse now. I know, but then the problem with the internet is there's good advice and there's bad, terrible advice. Well, that's true. Terrible, because, you know, every situation is different. That's the issue with, you know, either going on a date or this or that. You always have to consider that. It might not go the way you think or the way that it was written. Especially when you're reading something and you're like, okay, these are the steps. There's three steps, you know. Ask them out, uh, find a place to go, and, you know, whatever after that. And then it just gets so confusing and you're like, okay, so I'm going to pick that place. I'm going to pick this. All right, we're good. And then you get on the date and then you don't have any topics to talk about. You don't know what they, anything about them. And then, you know, nowadays... A lot of kids are smarter and they go, okay, I got to look up on their Facebook or their Twitter and just see what they're about. Oh, they like cats. What are their interests? You know, they, they, they're, they're, they like dogs. What do they like to talk about? And then they, you get into that and you're like, oh, okay. And then, you know, you move on. I don't know. I always go to movie because they're, they're going to be quiet. And then we don't have to talk and we're both entertained and we can just talk about it afterwards. So that's why I like movies. I was gonna say I think a movie is the worst first date ever. Just so you know. Well, uh, I I feel I feel I, I, I feel like it, especially with younger people, it's like you know you connect more. You're like, man, did you see that? That was amazing. Did you see those special effects? Did you see this? Did you see that? You know, you start talking about that, and that's where I feel that all that energy comes from. But then you you know also like the peace and silence and not you know trying to you know if you're saying something to me and i don't agree with you or like i'm like i can't just go off on this person or just you know (laughs) break their point of view just because i'm being insensitive but i've gotten better at that so it's 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 not always pounce and you know it just yeah you know a lot of people have i used to have this issue where you know i used to not let people talk like say you would talk and then i'd be like I just wait. I didn't listen to you. I just wanted to uh, speak back so I can tell you what I thought. And, you know, everything you told me was just, whoop. It didn't even, you know, it didn't record in my mind. So I didn't know what you said. So that's how I feel about younger relationships in my generation. Well, I feel like, though, younger, older, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I mean, whether it's my kids, you, me, whoever. I really think, and dating after divorce, I mean, we advocate at Dreams Recycled that, Really, when you go on a very first date nowadays, you should really do something very simple and very short. So you should go for one drink, one coffee, you know, meet for one very small amount of time. 
Because really, I think everybody knows within the first few minutes if there's a connection or not. And so to try and sit through a three-hour movie and then have to go eat afterwards and just get stuck for a whole night with somebody who you know that you have no kind of chemistry with or no relationship with, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a waste of time and money and energy and everything else. So very short, meet, greet, leave, public place, daylight... Daylight's very important. Very dangerous. Yes. Okay. And um and you can go from there and you can get you know a pretty good sense of somebody in person in a few minutes and then you can decide if you wanna you know go for the Friday night movie date or dinner date or sushi or whatever. So um yeah, I would never go on a movie date for a first date. What? Okay. Maybe that's different. I don't know. I I, that's always my go-to. But then I'm also like. I feel like all those things you said is cliche, dinner, coffee, and this and that. So then, you know, I got to get creative, you know. Let's go shoot some guns. Let's do this. Let's do that. And then we I get... do that either. And, and, you know, exciting. <laughs> let's go skydiving. I don't know. Like, well, you know, I don't like I don't like the cliche of, you know, this and that. So. But I, I will tell you as a female, and I think most normal, and we'll use that word loosely, normal women... Um, I think men think that they really have to impress a woman uh-huh. on a first date, but I think I think a, a normal, decent, non-issue kind of woman, actually, they just want to meet with you and they just want to see the type of person you are and if you have chemistry. And and I think if you you know try and overdo it, you take them to a you know a very high-end restaurant or you try and take them on mm. a trip or you do some you know some kind of crazy day excursion. Um, like in theory that sounds good but that's always so much more fun if you already know you have a connection with somebody so i would hold that for a girl that you already know that you really like and she likes you and then you can do the big creative jumbotron kind of uh jumbotron. date <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah i don't know i feel and then, and then it makes it more fun i just feel so cliche to do this and then and then you know i guess the movie thing is a perfect example like oh gosh there's no new movies out. How am I going to, you know, it's like, you know, there's nothing else to do. There's no new movies, so I can't go see the same movie twice because oh, I've heard of people doing that. <laughs> they saw the same movie five times with oh. five different people. I'm like, what? That doesn't make any sense to me. So and then, you know. Well, and I have to ask, why would you be dating five people within one movie run that were different? That's well, there's, well, he, from what I remember, this was a friend that had like a, this was a you, there's dry times in movie times like now it's kind of dry we're not very there's not a movie coming out every week that's a blockbuster or something that mm-hmm. you would want to see so right. you would you know i think it's usually once the summer comes out though everything every week is a movie 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 coming out new movie new movie new movie hollywood is just producing amazing films and then you know people start rating and deciding which is the best and which you shouldn't see and you know mm. ever since that happened you know you have to look on uh, Rotten Tomatoes is a perfect Rotten example Tomatoes, yeah. yeah and you just go on there it's like oh we're not gonna go watch that one it has a splat you know <laughs> it has a splat once it has a, you know that <laughs> I think that's great for movies but then I also think it's a bad thing because you know you can enjoy a movie that is terrible I've enjoyed plenty well, also we're not same are we so of course there are better movies there are worse movies but not one movie fits all and so if you go and see a movie that really relates to you in some way or speaks to you in some way it can be a pretty bad movie but you can still thoroughly enjoy it 
and vice versa. So it can be a really, really great movie. I mean, I can't even tell you how many Oscar-winning movies I get so excited to go and see, and then I'm like, seriously, that was it? Like, what was so great about that? I don't get it. Okay, well, I see see what you mean. I mean, I've seen plenty of those. But, you know, I also think there is a one-size-fits-all, but it's very, very rare. I mean, there's few movies that ever do it that almost get like, you know, 100 or 99.99. And I've seen a few of those. And one of the perfect examples is Avatar. If you've never seen it, it I've is. I've seen Avatar. It is uh, visually, especially when you watch it first in theaters, it was 2009. It was amazing. You didn't know what was going on. You, movie, yeah. And then, you you know, you're like, what? This is the end? What? Do we need another movie? We. That's always yeah. my mindset of like, is there going to be something after this? Or is, you know, standalones are great. I love standalones, mm-hmm. but those kind of series and anthologies, I think we're mm-hmm. very into seeing things continue and seeing where they go. So, you know, yeah. Avatar 2 comes out in like 2020. So I don't know. And then another one comes out. I think he makes three or four movies. And uh-huh. he's just on the ball doing that. And I think that's what, what we... I guess with you know movies, that's a big thing with dates and stuff. Is what type of movie you see? I don't know. I feel like you're, the... to- you're totally frozen. I oh. wonder if we lost connection again. I think we. Hold on. Yep. We lost. Can you hear me now? I can hear you, uh huh. But you're completely frozen on my screen. Am I frozen? No, you're moving perfectly. It's probably something. I don't know. Hold on. Let me just mess with the little settings here. Give me a second. And that is not working. Oh, there we go. Oh, I don't have no idea what's going on. Well, I guess we can end it there. That was perfect. And, uh. Well, just say goodbye to everyone. It looks like I'm waving on the screen, but, you know. Yeah. I mean, this is what happened last time, and you were frozen, and then it kind of reset, And but I feel like maybe from the minute you froze again, we're not going to have any sound, but that's okay. All right. Well, thank, thank you all for listening. This is my guest, Tiffany. It was great having you on again, Tiffany. It was really informative, I guess, and very a lot more, a lot more uh, chatty because I had a lot of questions the first time, and then... This one was more conversation. Well, I appreciate you having me. Thank you very much, Brandon, and good luck. Okay.